Well, hello, I'm John. I'm Johnny. And uh, it's another episode of Talk About That. Yes, it is. And we're back after a week of travel for me. Were you gone this week? I was home. You were home the whole week? Because you traveled uh, this week. Yeah, it's home all week. What do, you, yeah. what do you think of that? Well, that was good. I travel this week. I'm going to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Mm, exotic. With every other every other person from Nashville. Yeah, evidently. this is definitely peak season. My brother and his family, my my, uh, my two nieces, mm-hmm. one of whom he just adopted, uh, and uh, my other niece, who's 10, we're going to Gulf Shores. We've never been on a vacation together since my brother and I were like teenagers. Mm. So we're doing it this year. And are you staying in one place or separate? We're renting one of those beach house things. So you're all in one space. Yeah. But you have your own bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Your own bathroom. I don't know about that. Ooh, should have checked on that. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure. The key, I think, to traveling with other people and staying in the same house is to have your own bathroom space. Not me, man. I want to be close. You know, like that. Remember Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where all the grandparents slept in the same bed, (laughs) head to foot? That's the experience I want. Yeah. I'm like, are we close as a family or not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kind of a personal space person. Uh, yeah. Well, I always tell people that are getting newly married, like a king-size bed will save your marriage. Because uh, people get this this double bed or this queen-size bed. I'm like, look, you may think you want this. You don't. People get You get sweaty. and You, you can, need to be as far away from that You can person. snuggle, and then when it's time to go to sleep, you roll yeah. to your side. You want to be able to roll twice. Right. You want to be able to put a wall of pillows between you if you want. Well, because us, it's the dogs. They're the wall. But the dogs sleep between you. They do. And, well, one sleeps on Curry's feet. That's mm. brutal. But uh, but she has restless legs, so it's good. She's it's just like kicking them all night. It's like a weight. <laughs> it wakes her down. <laughs> but then Daisy, who is uh, 60 pounds, she yeah. gets between us. And I don't know if you know this, but dogs' temperature, normal temperature, is higher than humans. So, like, a normal temperature for a dog is, like, 102. Wow. So, it's like a little pot roast. It's like little feverish animals running around. It is, like a little pot roast right between us, just cooking away in the night. So, yeah, it helps to have that extra space. So, do you keep your house cold? I am one of those believers in some things are worth the money. Mm -hmm. And air conditioning and heat is one of them. Yeah. But I have a pretty eco-friendly house. My house is new. Yeah. It's the first time I ever had a new how home. New how home. <laughs> a new how home. <laughs> That's what we call it. We call it the old how home. <laughs> and it is, uh, I keep it at a, I keep it at 68 in the summer. You know what? All day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I want to come home and feel it. I don't want to be like, oh, I'll crank it down now. Now, if we're going to be away yeah. for a while. I don't know people, normal people wanted like at 71, 72, and I get that. You're a 75 guy, aren't you? No, no, no. I'm 68 at night. 68. 60, now, we I, used sweat, to be, I sweat if I don't. We used night. to be 66 or 65, wow. and so now we're like 72 during the day. Just, Your home is bigger now, so you've it's a lot more area to... Well, actually, our utility you bills... shut off the east wing, John? Are, <laughs> John's got a big home, It's y'all. not that big. He's a very successful author. He just handed me the galley copy Guys. of his new book... Uh, horizontal marriage. <laughs> it's actually the one secret. I think I know the secret <laughs> that will say, Oh, it's vertical, vertical marriage, vertical marriage. That's different. Yeah. 
I got that galley when I got. So we were gone this week. What's a galley? Explain to the, the listeners. It's an advanced reader copy. So it's it's a marketing copy basically. So they do a bound copy uh-huh. that has a semblance of the right cover, but the back is like marketing marketing information. Yeah, and then you use that to begin promoting the book. It doesn't come out till January. Who does it go out to? Uh, usually, the authors will give a list of influencers and other people that they wanted to bloggers go to. and such. Yeah, and well, the publisher will usually have those kinds of people, so they might send it to uh, you know early reader lists and all people right. who agree to get free books as long as they agree to give feedback know, feedback on it. So yeah, I've read a couple of reviews online that said I was given a free copy of this book in exchange mm-hmm. for my opinion. It did not, you know, they they make there's some big thing they read that says yeah, it did not. Dissuade my opinion does not sway my opinion. It's just that I was given. You, right. you make a note of that. You disclose the deal <laughs> that you were given free literature, right? And that you. I wonder how many people who who are on the free reading list ever give a negative review. I don't know, and it'd be interesting to see what. Do they have to disclose that they know you and that you put them on a list? That's the, well, they don't know you. Oh, That's they don't the know thing. you. Yeah, the list. So is the a, publisher has a list of people who I see. Who are willing to do it? Who so like you're to not read. asking me to then read this galley copy, Johnny? I would not ask you to read any of my books. That's Let's so, be honest. That is so nice. What's the last book of mine that you read, Johnny? Uh, I read. Uh, I've read some of the one that Wagner <laughs> that you did with Todd Wagner. You read "Come and See." Uh huh. Read some of it. Okay, you've been really. You're just throwing in a little phrase there. Some <laughs> of it. That's a pretty hefty book. It is big, and that's why I say some of it. It's a big one. <laughs> How many chapters do you think you got through? Wow, I'm calling you right on. I'm not going to lie to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, I'm a, I'm a guy, though. I'm kind of like – I like listicles. I like things that are broken up for me. Yeah. So I think I'm going to like the new book you're doing, uh, not Horizontal Marriage. I want to <laughs> read uh, the one that you wrote, The Endorsement. Do you have it endorsed? I don't think we've officially even announced what the, what I was doing. We've only oh, is that wrong? Times. No, it's fine. It's fine. When does it get galleyed? It. I don't know when it gets galleyed. That's a great. I don't even know if galleyed is a verb. I've made it one, but I like what you did there. It's like punked. You just got galleyed. And Ashton Kusher <laughs> oh, runs in and gives you all books. There's no cameras running. You just read silently. It's a weird prank. You're like, Thank yeah, you. it's a ter- it show gets terrible ratings. So uh, yeah, in January, uh, my book. Uh, the Ultimate Guide for the Avid Indoorsman mm-hmm. comes out with uh, Harvest House. And that so is so prolific, John. Johnny, you know, I span a vast array of different topics. Uh, actually, this one's, this one's interesting because um, it, it just kind of was a – it was just kind of a, a real God moment opportunity. Yeah. To get a chance to see if, if, if I could write about this kind of funny topic, this endorsement. Yeah, they gave you the topic. Yeah. Which just never happens that way. Yeah. So actually, I finished another book proposal this week of my own, a, a children's book that I send. Also, usually that's how it works. You make a proposal and you and you send it to publishers. Um, but this one, a publisher was looking for samples to see who could you know write this topic, and, yeah. and it just it just it it was one of those things like you feel like you've been waiting for it your whole life because it was like, hey, could could you be could you write stupid things? A lot of stupid words right. about this really ridiculous topic, and I was like, "Not only can I, yeah, but yes, yes that's I a good can. thing. Uh, comedy's that way a little bit. If you're not careful, you can only write about the same five or six things mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, because after a while, you start traveling, and then you're like, "Oh, rental cars are funny because blah." Right, all or your airlines, all of your jokes are about the things. Hotel yeah. check in. Yeah. Uh, and then people are like, yeah, I've heard it because all those topics have been covered. So you, sometimes it's good. I took a writing class 
after I've been doing stand up for about a year. And it was like that. I had homework and it was like what you're saying, where they say you have to write 10 jokes about this subject. Yeah. And uh, it was a challenge because it was stuff I didn't even care about in many chances, many times. And so I'd be like, okay, well, I'll try anyway. No, it does. It opened. I took that comedy writing class, you know, with Rick, and, and that was something. It was great. Hey, Rick Roberts, schoolofdlaughs.com. Uh, it's great. And, you know, he'll give you, hey, here's 10 things, write, you know, three jokes a piece or whatever, or three yeah. observations. And, uh-huh. you know, it's funny. So the endorsement book is a, um, it, it's a, like a survival guide. Yeah. So you've seen those books, the zombie survival guide, those right. kinds of things. So it's got 75 illustrations and they're all kind of like retro, very, um, you know, very, I guess, rudimentary drawings of things. Yeah. And so just very, very ridiculous things. All the, and there's a test in there, the Endoriagram is what I called it, Joey. Oh. And so. <laughs> so you're counting on a lot of people knowing what an Enneagram is. Well, the, making a very... the editor and I spoke about that. I was like, look, even if they don't know, the ones right. who, it doesn't matter whatever you call it for the ones who don't know what the Enneagram is, but yeah. for those who do know, it'll be an extra funny you know, thing for them. So there's no harm in them. But anywho. By the way, what I, I want to name a child Rudy just so I can say it's short for rudimentary. Wouldn't that be? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Because you did kind of just come up with them on the spur of the moment, if you're honest, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. Anywho, so it's a, uh, but it's got, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But to, to the point of that is that yes. I'm already working on a list for volume two because okay. I had to cut some words out. And if this goes well, we may do another one. And so, like, being in Orlando at Universal was like, Right, you just get back from there. There's so, so many because so I have one note on my phone. So I'm, the whole time I'm going, ooh, okay. So airplane, you know, mm-hmm. what are the endorsement rules for airplane? Mm-hmm. Airport. There's so many funny things. I have a whole section on bathrooms I haven't done yet. So now you have airplane jokes. Right after I said they were hacky. Right. <laughs> well, no, like, what is the deal? Yeah, but mine are different. Mine, well, for example, well, I'm sure you're groundbreaking. Anything. Child. It's not that. I'm not making jokes about airplanes. I'm making observations that seem like it's satire. Oh, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be serious. So I might write <laughs> real things and you throw something ridiculous in there. You're so. a humorist. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a comedian because you know, I, don't do, I don't do that. But uh, we had a great time. We went. So uh, my daughter Sadie is in the room with us right now. Uh, she is. She's sitting quietly. She's sitting quietly. For now. For now. I don't and, trust it. No. She could she could pounce at any moment. So, yeah. so tomorrow, Uncle Johnny, yeah. uh, Sadie turns ten years old. Yeah, ten big double digits. Are Terrible happening. tens. That's what uh, they say. That's what they say. It's when they go, go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> she got braces this summer. Um, like Forrest Gump. No, like on her mouth, on her teeth. You can look oh, over that's there. Different. She's showing that. you. Yeah, right that's there. different. Those are better. Those are easier to manage. <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> Yeah, I'm making jokes. This you is did what good. I did. You okay, did good. Yeah. Okay. But we, so uh, her mom had to work. It was uh, she was on a work trip. Yeah. And they asked to bring families along. It was like a con- like a conference thing with her team. Right. And so Sadie and I conquered Universal every day. That is something. Well, we ended up mostly at Volcano Bay. It's hot. Yeah, That's Volcano the Bay is the yeah, and it's Water it's park. fairly new. Have you been there? I have not. You've not been there. So. We did not go to Volcano Bay. We went to the other two parks. Yeah. What is it? Islands of Adventure. Islands of Adventure and just, just Universal. Universal yeah. Studios. Yeah. We had a good time. So I think she wants me to say something. Or wants me to she's not. She's signing. And now she's. 
Now she's being noisy. She is being noisy. So you said she could come off the rails. I didn't. I had her perfectly would. parented, and then you <laughs> come in with a cool uncle. I don't like, think you're. Yeah, you're not. A cool I don't uncle. think you're that great of a parent. No. Here's the deal. <laughs> but you went to Universal. That's great. That's a good memory. Yeah, what a good time. We, were, how were the rides? You were a little worried. Uh, we did. So we did the Minions ride. That was good. Okay. We did Shrek ride. That was good. So these are all VR. Yes, Shrek. Yeah. Well, that was that was more like a theater experience. Yeah, but the chair moved and it had yeah. smells and water and stuff. Yeah, yeah, smells are tough, John. And we did, yeah, the Jimmy yes, Fallon. That the, was a great ride. She uh-huh. really enjoyed the Jimmy Fallon ride. I didn't ride that one. Really? I like that. I missed it. I you didn't go to the Comedian's Ride. I must have just missed it. I didn't see it. How do you like that? What? what? Did I don't you, know. Do you have the app or did you look at a map? Or I had the app and the map <laughs> and I still missed it. But Yeah, she Jimmy did a character that was Right. Here said he come do it real quick right here. Oh do it. This is Jimmy Fallon doing this snotty nosed niece. Go say. So there is this snot-nosed niece who just walks in on the thing, and then she's just like, Hi, I'm Sarah. S-A-R-A. Ages are ill. <laughs> Such a brat. <laughs> okay, thanks, Eddie. Little cameo. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. You really would have enjoyed it. So you well, had to go all the way to New York City. So it's uh, a bummer. And uh, we had a... But I rode... Okay, so you rode that? Did you ride... Did you do any of the Spider-Man? Or? We did Spider-Man. That was good. Spider-Man was great. That one made me nauseous. Spider-Man was a little intense. The heat from the fireball. Yeah, and the, but we did it. We did Spider-Man. We did the Simpsons ride. I did that one. And uh, Again, nauseous. Really? Yeah. It made you nauseous. All of those VR rides made me nauseous. Well, they're... They're in, I mean, I don't know. They don't, for me, I just always. Something it was, I'd rather be in a roller coaster because I can see everything coming. I just always tell myself, I always tell Sadie, hey, it's a screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, you just got to remember it's not real. My, my brain did not believe me. You have to. I tried to tell it. Did you try to? So. I tried to reason with my body and it said, no, I want to break out into a sweat. (laughs) Did you do uh, Transformers? Yeah. So we didn't do Transformers. Yeah. And did you do? Uh, so I did Spider Man, Transformers, Fast and the Furious. <sighs> did I do Fast and the Furious? I don't think so. Okay. And then there was another big one in the back. Uh, it was uh, Men in Black. Okay. Yes, I did that one. Okay. Yeah, I liked that one. And then we went over to Island's Adventure. What about Harry Potter? So we rode the train that you told me to That's ride. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. And you we, didn't do the Harry Potter ride though. We did the roller coaster. Okay. The little roller coaster. Yeah. It, was, it was good. It was good. Now, so we... So, she did the VR Harry Potter ride. No, we didn't. Was, we were, she, that one made me... That was the beginning of the sickness, was it? the first day. We were... We were... It was about 104 at that point. And so that was when Orlando, we decided man. to leave and, and head... Yeah. That's when we decided to leave and, and head over to the water park. <laughs> so we were we were done at that point. Mm-mm. Get back in... Get back in the water. Sorry, in the movies. So, okay. Well... Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Hold one second. So, say now we'll have to have you not talk, okay? Because we're back into the into the podcasting. And don't move those things. And if you're bored, you're welcome to go to the other room. So, whatever you want to do. You got the whole church at your disposal. Can you handle it? I don't think so. Okay. I don't see it. Do you want to go play in my office? Or you can draw. Take your iPad to the couch. No, I'm, I'll edit all this out. What would you like to do? 
Okay. Can you can you be quiet? Okay. Okay. All right. So we had a great time. It was awesome, and we enjoyed it. And uh, we got back last night. And oh, dude, did you do the chocolate emporium? <sighs> the restaurant, the big chocolate emporium. Oh, I did. Dude, I've, I've got what doctors call a bit of a weight <laughs> problem. Just going, I mean, I randomly end up eating bad things, but to go into a place called right. the Chocolate Emporium, that's just like, right. Except, well, I'm Augustus Gloom from <laughs> from Willy Wonka at that point. <laughs> it's too Willy Wonka. It's just central casting yeah. as the fat kid. Yeah. Well, so, we, we had a good time. Now, when you stay on Universal property, yeah. they give you the equivalent of a Disney Fast Pass. It's called Express Pass or whatever. Okay. And that was pretty amazing. I didn't get that. We didn't wait in any lines hardly at all. What? Maybe 10 minutes anywhere, except the water park. Now, the water park, they have the Tapu Tapu, which is your – you get this wristband. Hey, listen. Here, oh, was it like an island language? Oh, everything was – yeah, everything tapu, was tapu. everything was island languages. I have a wheeze happening. And so, you hear it? What do you think Tapu Tapu really oh, means? I don't know. In? I don't know. When you put it up against the thing and then you go check in, it says, oh, this ride's 55 minutes. It's a virtual line. So you go put your name in, then you go do anything else you want, and then it vibrates and tells you when the ride's ready. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So we, we – it was it was good. And all that. and we did an aqua coaster. So it's a water-based oh, roller yeah. coaster. Very fun. And they had a trap door, a couple trap door. You climb up to the top. I did one of them because uh. I'm pretty – yeah. Lots of people climb back down. It was it was it was crazy. It was the craziest water ride I've ever done. Yeah. So you stand in a chamber. It closes yeah. around you, and then it just drops off. Running, you just you. drop. Yeah, like and you, when you're watching people, it's very intimidating because you're gone, and they're just they're gone. You it's know? like left behind. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Kirk Cameron's in there. <laughs> their clothes are just laying there. It was like very. Straight. It was very like, um, and I thought, oh, this once you get started, it'll be fine. It wasn't like it was a mm. it was a serpentine pool or a serpentine just. This is very. Dark, this is such watery. a writer language that yeah. you're using. You <laughs> yeah. could have just said twists and turns. It had serpentine. Actually, they called it a serpentine. Available for hire <laughs> at johndriver.net <laughs> forward slash book. We had a good time. Good time. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, I want to talk for a second about uh, corrections. Corrections of previous shows. Oh, yeah? Because, uh, you know, we have a fact checker now. Oh, my gosh. And so uh, our fat checker, fact checker. Not fat checker. Fat checker's That's different. something totally different. I got one of those at the house. It's right. called a scale. <laughs> and then I have a backup, and that's called a wife. She's keeping an eye on things, too. Go to my fat checker. <laughs> she's keeping an eye on things, and she's not happy. She is not thrilled. So our fact checker, Matt, told us that uh, I referenced, and I just made up a name because I couldn't remember oh, right. that when we did the water boy Do you make reference. up a lot of things, Joan, when you're writing books about the Bible? <laughs> Is that what you do? Well, usually I couldn't remember, so I just blurted out something. Well, I don't know. When I'm Solomon. writing, I have access to the internet, and I can just stop and do whatever. But we're doing this live, Johnny. All right. So, what did you make up? So I made up the Water Boy's mom's name, all right, and called her Janine or something. Okay. And he told me it was Helen. So well, that was close. It's not even. It's not, not that close. No, not at it's all. Not that close at all. And then my mom, by the way, yeah, my mom had a an interesting. She was so funny. She said to me. This morning, because I called her when we got It'd be home. funny if your mom's the one that corrected you on the water boy's mom's name. <laughs> like, John, I've seen it ten times. It's Helen. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> Mom says, because our last episode, you know, I got kind of teary-eyed about my dad. Oh, like, right. She goes, I just love that, you know, your father is this amazing 
you know, icon of a man and, and we're all in tears about it. And your mother was the one who called him a jackass. <laughs> she was laughing and I said, well, mom, I said, I'm so sorry. I t- I've warned her before, before we, published no. it. I was like, Hey, she goes, she said, no, no, no. She, she loved it. And she thought it was very funny. So it's funny. Cause we ended up having that conversation with uh, Curry cause her parents were in town and stayed with us a couple of days. And you all so, sat in the living room and listened to the podcast together. No, but we had okay. I had that conversation because Curry had listened to it. She listens to the podcast every week. So she was like, I love the stories about John's dad. And she says, you know, I don't know if my dad ever cursed. Hmm. And I said, she goes, because I worked a lot with him. He was like one of the handyman for our ministry uh, before when Curry and I were still working there, a uh, housing ministry that we ran in Knoxville. So he would come help me fix things. And he, he, he taught me how to do everything. So I know how to change brakes on cars now. I know how to lay tile. I know how to do all electrical, all because of him. So he would just like mold me. He'd be like, look, you don't know anything about this here. This is what 12 two wire is. And this is what this, this is the ground wire. And he taught me all of it. So one day, this is what I was telling her because I said, I don't think he's ever cussed because if he was going to cuss, it would have been this moment. (laughs) So one day we were trying to figure out there was an old like ceiling fan in one of the bedrooms for our residents. And it was basically wired in with like an extension cord plugged into the wall. Wow. And which is terribly not a code. It's just what they had done, the previous owners. There's no conduit around it or anything. Wow. So we had to like wire it through the ceiling. So we're trying to figure out, okay. So we still had it plugged in. And he, he, say, he kind of motioned to me to unplug it from the wall so that he could cut the wire at yeah. the fan. So he's on a ladder now. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I didn't unplug it from the wall. I got oh. distracted. So now he is getting ready to cut and did cut a live wire. Oh, dear. With his pliers. Metal pliers. Metal pliers. And this blue flame shot out of that guy's hand and he fell off. He kind of fell down the last two steps. He didn't fall off the ladder, but he fell down the last two steps on his feet. Wow. And then he kind of shook his hand and he looked at his hand. There's this black mark on his, where his thumb and his forefinger meet. And he'd been holding the rubber part of the pliers, but it still burned him. And he goes, whew, burned myself. <laughs> he didn't cuss me. He did not yell at me. Wow. I was like shaking like, oh, my, oh, no, I almost killed this person. And uh, that just that's the kind of thing. I did wow. a lot of stupid things around him. Not even you know, a darn. Not even a darn. Not even like a, oh. That's what we were talking about. Curry watched that Mr. Rogers movie for the second time. She took her family. She took uh, her mom and. And my nephew to see it. Curry's dad and I worked on projects around my house. That's what he wanted. He said, I don't want to go to the movies. I'd rather work here. So we did. But when Curry got back, she goes, I just realized why I love Mr. Rogers so much. He reminds me of my dad. And you know what? Then we both started crying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true in that that way that he was just a very, like, uh, he had a very pure heart. And he just wouldn't have thought to curse. Right. The, The curse words weren't in there. Wow. You know. That must be it's nice. not like, you know, yeah, it must be. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. So I have a friend. I was going to tell you this. I have a friend who's. Wow, that's big news. Oh, his name is Leland Clausen. Uh, and he did a comedy night here. Yeah. A couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, and so he's back in town for this thing called the IV. Wait, ICV. ICVM Awards, which is kind of like the Doves for Video Media International Christian Video Media Video, Awards. ICV. That's an ICVM. It's very, it's a ICVM. (laughs) ICVM. Anyway, I was nominated last year. Oh. My special, Live at the Franklin Theater. And I won the bronze 
Oh. Crown Award. How it's many, called the Crown Awards. How many were nominated? There were five nominees. Okay. And the two that won above me, the gold and silver, obviously. And we stood on a podium just like the thing in our national Did anthem. Did you really? But the national anthem was for, all for America. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. There's no podium. I wasn't even in town when it happened. But it was at a little ballroom in a hotel. You know, they do a thing. And it was an actual ceremony, though. And my, I saw a video of my name being read That's amazing. as a nominee. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But the one thing I did take away from it was the people who were nominated above me that won, they weren't comedy specials. This was like a, a category called Best Comedy where it could be a comedy movie. It was like a you know, $10 million budget wow. thing. So the thing that won was called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which was a movie that came oh, out in yeah. theaters. Yeah. yeah, That's what won. Okay. And uh, the thing that got second place was uh, a feature film that had like a million-dollar budget, $2 million budget, uh, smaller budget film, but still – my little special that cost, I think I spent twelve grand to film it, you know. That's huge. So it I won mean, third place. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a bronze Crown Award. And uh, and then there were other people nominated. I don't want to mention the other nominees because it's like I'm saying I beat them. But it was a, they were other good projects. Right. And uh, Maybe you heard of Adam Sandler. <laughs> Why would you mention Adam Sandler now? Is the, he's your relevant because of Waterboy? Why? That was the 90s, John. Maybe you've – hold on. I can get someone here. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Yeah, okay. That okay, would, how about that? Closer. Not bad. He was not nominated uh, for an Ickavikum. Uh, Ickavikum. But anyway, he was there for that. But I, no, I people like the bronze. Oh, the bronze, isn't that third place? And I go, yeah, but it probably would have been about the same in a foot race. That's what I like <laughs> to tell people. I probably would have placed third. Because <laughs> the other two nominees were Shonda Pierce and a guy named Robert G. Lee, who's like, He's in his late fifties, I think. All right. So I would probably could have outrun them. Maybe. But probably not <laughs> the other two. Anyway. Do you get a head start or is it... <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no guns or anything. Very... <laughs> okay. So Leland was at this thing because he came into town for it from Canada. So he came and he's in Nashville the whole week to be a part of this award ceremony. He was in this movie called Extraordinary, where he plays it's like a marriage thing. Where he's going to run. He ran all this, all these, I don't know the story, but he, anyway, he runs. Okay. And it's like this parallel to his marriage and, uh, it's called vertical marriage. No, <laughs> your, your ideas are Zodibur, 2019. No, uh, but he was talking about, so all these people, so I went there to meet him for lunch and all these people are out front and they're like these decision makers and the casting agent, she's like a casting director for Christian films. And Lila's, I want you to meet Johnny. So I was like, yeah, yeah I am Johnny. She goes, have you been, have you acted anything before? And I go, well, I've been in one thing. Uh, I was in Believe, this Christmas movie. I don't know if you know it. And she goes, I was casting director for that movie. It was <laughs> oh, so funny. Wow. Like I found the one person who actually put me in something. And I go, well, yeah, I was townsperson one, townsperson number one. And I said, I know Ryan O'Quinn, the star of that movie. And it was kind of a favor to him. Uh, or favorite of me that he put me in there. So he <laughs> it was, was also like, kind of a favorite. It was not a favorite of him. <laughs> Believe me, not. It was not. He had to deal with me. So I said he totally like probably just put a thing on your desk that said, "Hey, put this guy in the movie." And she goes, "Yeah, that's right. That's, that's how it went." She was so funny though that she was honest about it. She was like, "No, no, we because I didn't audition." Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this guy's got what it takes to be townsperson number one because I did have a line. So they had to know that I could actually. What was deliver your line again? My line was. Um, that we're walking out. He's walking outside of a courtroom, courthouse, and all the townspeople are out of work. And he runs this factory. So I'm walking behind him. So it's a moving shot, like an Aaron Sorkin type kind of thing, walk mm. and talk. 
So that's the complicated part. You have to time it just right. So I walk up on him from behind and I go, uh, Mr. Payton, Mr. Payton. There's a lot of people, Mr. Payton. And he turns around and I go, uh, can you give me a job? That was it. That's nice. my big line. And it took uh, 10 takes <laughs> because of the walking and the moving. And there was other things that would go wrong. Like other people would trip over a, you know, stone in the. <laughs> Did any, did you ever flub the I line? flubbed it one time. Mr. Payton, can you – oh, what was it? What was it? Job. <laughs> he memorizes an hour and a half show. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but it was tense. Can it's not, me it's not job my, you give? Yeah, it's not my world, so I, it felt weird. But anyway, so I was telling Leland, he was like, I need more movie ideas to pitch to these people. So I was texting him last night ideas uh, for Christian films and uh, – one of them was about a guy who's raised by wolves, and he's now an evangelist. It's called Mark of the Beasts. <laughs> okay. And then he said, I'm about to pitch that right now. So he's pitching that one. And then I had Left Behind 2, Electric Boogaloo. That was, uh, that's going to be exciting. And then uh, my favorite, and this one needs to happen, Too Fast, Too Courageous with the number two. You know, because The Courageous needs a, yeah, a sequel. That was good. a big hit for the Kendrick brothers. <laughs> they did the, was it bullet, Bulletproof? No. Fireproof? Fireproof. Bulletproof would have been. That's different. <laughs> bulletproof could be a sequel to Fireproof. Yeah. You know? But it's a, it's about a cop this time. Well, Courageous was about a cop. But Bulletproof seems like the natural flow of things because he wears a Bulletproof vest. But is his marriage Bulletproof, John? Mm. I don't it's think so. taken on fire. Wait, that that's, was fireproof. That's fireproof. Well, you're taking on gunfire. Friendly fire. Oh, that's... From the in-laws. That is and the, the subtitle. Bulletproof. Friendly fire from the in-laws. <laughs> he chases down the outlaws, but can he face the fire from the in-laws? Mm. Bulletproof. <laughs> from the creators of Fireproof. Uh, so Not did, a sponsor. And did the casting director take your card? And it's gonna... I didn't have a card. I don't have a card. Isn't oh. that funny? I'm thinking of getting some more cards because I just cards are going away. Yeah. Like to give somebody a card is almost like here you throw this away. But I think now I need one because I'm with a new agency and. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because you need to be in more movies. I would love to, and that's the thing is it made me remember. It made me think that it kind of kindled that thing in me that was like I should do more movies. Yeah. Not that I think I could be a star movie, but I want to be like I want to be like the quirky best friend. You, you want know. to be in the movie that I've written. No. The concept. It's called The Concept? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> it's what about is... a guy who comes up with movie ideas. Ooh. <laughs> you know that happened, by the way. The whole meta thing of doing it. There's a comedian who's a Twitter comic. Her name is Megan Amram. That's her real name. Mm. And she's just a writer. And she decided to do... She found out that there's an Emmy category for like... Short film or web series comedy, and you have to have six. She found out the requirements is six episodes, at least six episodes, less than fifteen minutes each. So she made a web series called "An Emmy for Megan," <laughs> and it's just about the whole conceit of it is just that she's trying to get an Emmy for herself, and wow. she's following the rules. And I watched them all yesterday, and they're pretty funny. And she was nominated for two Emmys. <laughs> That's great. So it's like coming full circle. Wow. But I think if she actually wins, people will be upset because they'll be like, you did this as a joke and you're taking away from people who really cared about it and did and made art. 
you know. Yeah, but you're making fun of the process of making. But that's art. the highest art in American culture today. Is it's whenever true. you poke fun at the right. at the system. Yeah. That, and the system rewards you for or it. Or you show that it's meaningless, like Dadaism. It's like this, this sort of nihilism and a meaninglessness yeah. to it. And so that's kind of the new funny, I guess. To Yeah. I was torn because I thought, well, this is funny. But I thought if she wins, she's taking the award away from somebody who really tried. Well, but so I'm a little torn. she had to do work, right? You'd have to see it. It's not work. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, she has like a two-camera shoot, but it's just all on her couch and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's not that I didn't like Did it. Did she write a script, do you think? Well, maybe. Okay. Well, I can only She's tell a, you. She wrote a script. She's a writer, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I have written one movie. Right. It, it never got made. It never got made. Yeah. And that was uh, Superman 5. Uh, yeah. It was a movie from a book that I did. So. Oh, right. Um, and it never got made. No. No. These it, things can get tied up. They can. But you know what? The thing is, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about. You know, script writing, and so that was kind of... You learned a lot about yourself, John. So I did. I learned so much, so much. I learned a lot more from my failures than my successes. So I've learned a lot in this life. But um, Shonda Pierce did a documentary. Our friend Rick Altizer mm -hmm. helped uh, put that together, spent three years of his life doing it with her. And she uh, she's had that in theaters, and it's, it took, it's a long process, though. And it made me realize that, like how long yeah. the process is to get a movie. And I pitched that to Leland that I would do a follow-up to Shonda's thing about me, and it would just be called Eating in the Dark instead of Laughing in the Dark. <laughs> Eating in the Dark. <laughs> and uh, it's just sad. It's just me having bonbons. <laughs> All sad violin music plays. So funny. So funny. Well, and, you know, I was I wanted to read. I don't know. You and I are reading this together. <clears throat> I wanted to. It was a great thing in our Tim Keller, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life Devotion. Yeah. Not that, I don't know if you're caught up or not. And I'm, I'm close, John. I'm not judging because I was not caught up. So you always apologize to me. Yeah. But the truth is, I get behind as okay. well. So, um, but there's a whole section on words. And since we're talking about movies, we're talking about communicating a message in books and all those things. You think this qualifies as a segue? Oh, it does. I'm totally okay. making a very You know, speaking of bridge. words. Speaking of words, could this? Yeah. Yeah. Is Proverbs sixteen twenty four gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And he he talks about all the types of words that that Proverbs deals with. Yeah, and it and he says if you can approximate speech that maintains the balance of wise words, and here are the list of wise words: honest, non deceptive, kind, gentle, apt, timely, unprejudiced, calm, forthright, and this is going to be the one that I'll go ahead and take the jokes from and few, mm. then you will be in a position to help any listener. Um, and it's, it's, it's talking about looking back over the, the marks of wise words in your own life, that honest, non-deceptive, kind, gentle, apt, timely, unprejudiced, calm, forthright, and few. And the, you know, the world that you and I originally grew up in, you know, like words, the idea that words had power became like its own, its own like, I guess subcategory yeah. of faith. 
Right, that, like manifest destiny. Correct. I'm speaking things into. That used to be a common expressions we hear people yeah. say. I'm a, don't speak death over me. Right. Don't speak death over me. Or I, you know, I'm. You're speaking that into existence. Somebody could say like, "This boat is sinking." You'd be like, "Don't, don't." I don't believe We're that report. That. Now the boat sank because you said it was right. Yeah. And people were even afraid if you felt bad, you know, to to talk about it. And and so we've talked about that a little bit in the podcast before. Yeah. But I think. What this has really reminded me of and something that you and I have talked about over the years, you know, there was years and years. So you and I obviously have a banter and you and I pick at each other and we um, have sarcasm and all of those things. Um, But we used to spend all these years on the road with kids on trips and Mm -hmm. and then some of the the kids were in bands or they were in in, – human video teams or other things. And so sometimes right. we're out with teams doing things. And we talked about, man, just we worried that we did damage because you and I might poke at each other. And then we'd look up and the kids are just decimating each other right. <laughs> with words. Like they're just absolutely being yeah. brutal. Um, and that we, first of all, we would go, did we do that? Like, were we really, yeah, you maybe. Know? And, and, and there were times we were, uh, doing that in fun, but we, we made a pact then we always did it anyway, but we made a pact to be more intentional about letting people hear us say gentle, kind, apt, encouraging yeah. words to one another as well. It's like the old roasts, you know, you'd see these roasts on, uh, Comedy Central or like the old Dean Martin roasts where the, the rat pack yep. would all be there, Don Rickles and all those guys. And they would just destroy everybody on the dais. But then when they would get to the, like the person they were roasting, They'd say mean things, but then they'd be like, they'd say, they'd say like another two minutes of nice things. Yeah. That would, would close on something nice. Yeah. Always. And now you see roast battles. Like it's become a thing in comedy culture. Like even club comics do it to each other. Open micers go and they, they know enough about each other's show. They could be like, so-and-so, I know this about that person. Yeah. I know they're insecure about this. I'm going to pick on it. And you just destroy that person. And, but there's no nice thing at the end. There's no redemption. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, wow. That's the thing is to to, to uh, take ownership and to just totally destroy that person. So you're saying it's kind of like that trapdoor slide, Johnny. Mm. Except there is no bottom. You just keep falling. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that at all. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's such a trapdoor slide. Sounds like a new dance move, by the way. <laughs> Everyone do the trapdoor. Everyone slide. do the. There's another broken ankle. You just disappear. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I do think, I do think that as much as we have migrated a little bit away from from acting as if the words themselves yeah. have some mystical power. Yeah. God's words have mystical power. He creates things, and yeah. I do believe that we are created in his image. But I think there is something to be said for the residual reflections that we have, meaning that our words have power. They really do have power. There is power. life and death in the tongue. That, and yeah. The Bible does say that. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, if you're around negative people, they create negative energy. They steal life from your conversations for sure. And I think if all you ever do is, uh, if everything you ever say is very acidic and negative or accusatory, that yes, it does create for you a certain life. It creates for you a certain kind of friend, a certain kind of person is around you and, yeah. or, and other people are like, I don't want to be around that person. Um, yeah, there's a quote I read the other day and I thought about it. I thought, I think about it a lot now. And it said, uh, when I was young, I was impressed with clever people, and now that I'm old, I'm impressed with kind people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think the older you get, 
you realize how easy it is to be clever and just think the worst about somebody or say the snarky thing. And it's a lot harder to be kind. So when I see somebody kind, I'm like, what does he have that I don't have? You yeah. know, it's a, it's a, it's jarring. Well, and I think that we, I think you're touching on something about what it does to your life. <clears throat> There's a real chicken egg mystery going on with when we're negative about things, how much are our words reflecting a negativity within us? And then how much are our words causing a negativity within yeah. us? And I was reading something about that the other day because there there is this sense of of duplicitous duplicitness duplicitousness duplicitousness duplicity duplicity that's what it is okay sure there you go there's a sense of duplicity Johnny that sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll go well I don't want to I know I'm a negative person so that has now been an identity that they have ascribed to themselves therefore. It feels it feels duplicitous for me to be speaking other things, but mm-hmm. they're not realizing how much that the words that you say not only are coming from some place, they are going to some place right. within you, and You're it's, perpetuating yeah. the darkness a little bit. Yeah, and, but but then it feels weird to think, well, I am a negative person. But I want to begin speaking positive words so that I can become positive. Right, um, and I think that that that. That feels like Tony Robbins, right? Stuff like I'm sometimes. trying to now. I'm trying to now coach myself yeah. into being someone that I'm not, and and I think it goes. It's, it's such a. I'm really. I'm really kind of asking. In in my own life, I realize how much. And I said the other day how it became very clear to me that a quiet place, a quiet place for me daily is pretty important, and I don't always get it, mm-hmm. but it affects. It affects the way I feel about the world. The way I. Feel feel about myself about other people it affects my my level of patience my level of you know perspective yeah. and how I'm going to respond to things and and I think that in that moment I'm not filling my mind with negative things I'm just not in yeah. that moment I'm 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 out on a run I'm looking at nature I'm listening to uh, a song or a podcast or something about right about the things I want to grow in yeah it's hard to know like where that line is of I'm going to go I'm going to like unplug from the world and from the news and from the negativity where the line is, where that's healthy to your stick in your head. Cause I always think immediately like I could get off Twitter tomorrow, Yeah. but I would probably feel like that missing out feeling. I would feel like, well, is this just ignoring? Right. It didn't stop happening. But what, but you're not, it's not like, and there's, here's the harsh reality of it. It's not like you're getting just a, an, a straight stream Mm-hmm. of factual information. Right, that's true. You're not just getting that. You are it's getting It's hardly any facts. No, you're getting everyone's take. Yeah. So there's no it's way too many takes. We're not supposed to ingest that many takes, yeah. I guess. And you're getting it and it is affecting you whether you think you just I mean that's watching watching the local news even. And yeah. again, I'm not I don't want to put my my head in the sand either. Um but the the fact that everything comes with interpretation yeah. is something we need to be aware of what local what news do you think is not biased john i need to know what which one i don't think there is who do you watch (laughs) i don't think there's anything and that's why you're right though and i think that that's true is this generation doesn't realize that we were not we were not supposed to ever have everyone's opinion fire hosed at us for 24 hours a day right they grew up with it and we didn't and we're adjusted to it now we're in it. I mean, to pretend that we're not 
in this in this thing with them now to be like, oh, they never look away from their phones. Well, we're there too now. Oh, absolutely. We're totally uh, just as ingrained. But I will say that I do have the faint memories of that that it didn't always it wasn't always that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember my MySpace page. It was like a. It was like a well, this is weird, and music would start. Remember that music would always start blasting. Yeah. You go on somebody's MySpace oh. page, it would load slowly, and then it'd be like ah, some Nickelback song would start playing, and you'd be right. like, "This guy's annoying." <laughs> and that was a big deal, like choosing your song, you know, to fit your personality, and you could kind of be who you wanted to be. But it was kind of like a, it was just a little hot thing on the side. It wasn't your life. Right now, people's lives are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. They're, they feel like if they don't share it, like I had a friend who went to, I know we end up talking about social media a lot, but it does infiltrate a lot of our culture. I had a friend who went uh, on a, a rafting trip, tubing trip with her family for her birthday a couple days ago. So she's posting about it and she said, oh, we had the best time. Uh, it was such the, it was the perfect birthday. And unfortunately, uh, I didn't have a waterproof case for my phone. So I don't have any pictures. And she was almost like apologizing for it. Yeah. And I said, well, it didn't happen then. You know, I commented underneath it immediately, like like snarkily, like, well, it didn't happen. But it's so funny to me that that's, that's how we we feel. Man, I wish I'd had a camera. We, nobody ever says that anymore. I wish I had a camera. <laughs> Somebody right. said that on the Comedians and Cars podcast with Jerry Seinfeld. They were like, nobody ever says that anymore because we all have cameras every day. Yeah. And uh, with another comedian friend posted that. Have you ever noticed that UFO abductions and sightings have gone way down now that everyone has a camera? <laughs> like, yeah. is anybody suspicious of that? You know, back before when you could just, you know, spin tales of whatever. Uh, but it, we have changed. We've changed into it. We've adapted into a different kind of person with different kinds of needs. And it is odd. Uh, but to your point about words, it does matter. And, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around it too. At what point are we creating a destiny for ourselves? And at what point are we reflecting what's real? In other words, pessimists always call themselves realists. Right. They're like, I'm just telling, I'm just saying it like it is. Right. We're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Nobody, nobody who's a pessimist ever thinks of themselves that way. Well, I'm just a dark, I just think about things in the worst way. They think they're just being realistic and everybody else has their head in the sand. Right. And they're seeing life as it is. And everybody else is just like, you know, spinning rainbows and whatever. So, and it's not, uh, it's not the case. Sadie's outside the window, isn't she? She's yeah, skulking. She's, she's locked. It's just like the Alfred Hitchcock. <clears throat> well, you know, and the thing is, I have met some people, myself included, who find themselves stuck mm-hmm. in negativity and cynicism and have now made it their identity. And perhaps even it is, it's a part of them, but they don't see, and this is what's so hard. I, when I was a youth pastor, I'd be very, hey, what you put in is what comes out. And, yeah. and hey, you know, you need to feed the good and starve the bad. And, and, and now that seems so trite. You know, we don't want to go to it anymore. Yeah. But there, there is something to be said for it. It's just, it's just basic truth in, in the way that humans learn yeah. and, and the way that, that things affect you. There's a reason when the communists – would brainwash somebody. They put you in a dark room with a bunch of strobe lights and keep you awake watching crazy things because, you know, those, those things affect your mindset and the way that you are. And so we're kind of doing that. I do that to myself sometimes, you know, 
we were so tired getting home, you know, last night, and I was very, very cranky, mm-hmm. and and not realizing, look, sleep deprivation, uh, in in the 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 stresses of now I'm trying to pick up oh what to do this next week what did I miss what did, all those things you know answering emails and all, as that pressure rises you know it affects my viewpoint of life in that moment but I think that there has to be this separation to say look you when we used to tell you feed the good and and starve the bad we made it almost like a salvation thing yeah we made it like a like a, a spirit thing. And and I think it would be important here to say that the matters of words, they, they are reflected in spirit and all those things. But this is more of a soul thing. And, and if you, most people just kind of interchange those two things together. But the soul is your mind and your emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's it's the the way that you're, you're acting today. And you can affect these, I believe, you can affect the state of your soul. And you can affect the state of your spirit as well. But God is affecting... God is pursuing you in the state of your spirit. Your your the destiny of your spirit is defined. There's only really one job for you to do in that. Mm-hmm. In terms of now, you can grow in your spirit, but but in terms of of your your eternal destiny, those things are about whether you choose to believe. And God even says, "Look, all I'm requiring of you is the smallest seed that ever lived." I mean, I'm not. There's really no credit could be taken. Yeah. Will you trust me? That's it. Um, the rest is up to me. The work has been finished because I finished it, and, and your part is very small. But the work of the soul, which I believe the Spirit affects and that God is affecting as well, I think that God gives us a lot of, of leeway and latitude in the work of the soul. And that I think the way words – I think that's why books like Proverbs, yeah. which are practical and wisdom-based, he's saying, look, these are things that you can do, and these are things that are going to affect you. That's why, look gentle words are sweet like a honeycomb they bring they bring healing um there's actually plenty of studies about that 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 a kind word and go back to mr rogers or whomever you know that kind kind words do something to a person just as much as you as a comedian know that funny words and laughter does good like a medicine uh that we we literally and i'm finding myself asking those questions um it's not that I don't want to be faced with anything negative or cynical, but I do have a choice today. Right. There really is a strengthening or a healing or a building up of my soul that I want to be part of. I want to be around people that build me up. Yeah. I want to be around people that they can joke with me. That's fine. But I don't ever want to. Yeah, there's a spirit behind. There's a spirit behind things. There's things running in the background of, of commentary with your friends and you can feel it. You can feel it if it's got like a, a, a fatalism to it, a nihilism to it. That's just like, well, this got this went dark. This is very, yeah. And and cynicism is just at the bottom. At the bottom of it is, it's just too easy. You know, yeah. it's almost like planting a tree and then just being like, well, it's gonna die anyway. I'm terrible at growing things, but then you never water it. Well, you just fulfilled the prophecy of it yeah. by not doing anything with it. Yeah, you you put no effort. But you made the safe bet that that tree was going to die. Yeah. And so we do that with our relationships. We're like, ah, oh, this is this is how it always goes for me. It'll never work out. I'm not good at communication. You don't ever try because trying would mean taking a risk of being hurt. Mm-hmm. So you just – you don't water the tree. You don't water the tree and it dies and you're like, I knew it. This happens to me every time. Everybody has that person in their family that thinks they're the black sheep of the family. And who knows how that got in their head. 
but it becomes a role that person fills. Right. And they inhabit that role. They almost convinced everybody else that they were. And then, sure enough, they become less fun to be around. Yeah. Then they start making bad choices, et cetera. And now they are the black sheep. And you're like, this is not, this wasn't this way. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I think that that's the roles that we thrust on ourselves, and and that we we take in and the words that we say. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's like abracadabra, but I think it it's like it's like water over a rock. It's like rushing water over a rock. It, it wears you into a shape. You know what you decide to put around yourself. Well, I think that you got to ask yourself the question, and I find myself asking, what? Use this word, this biblical word. What? has edified me today. Mm-hmm. What have I wanted? What have I brought in? Whether it's music, I think music is a huge communication of words and message. And it also hits that soul in a different place. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why God made it. There's things you can repeat a line in music and it doesn't grow tiresome as if I was repeating a line, you know, out loud. That's my favorite argument, by the way, that people use against church music is that it's just so repetitive. And then you hear the number one pop songs. In oh, the world, yeah. and they're all so repetitive. Yeah. Girls, rerun the world. Girls, who run the world? You're like, that's right. That's your oceans. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> right. You can get mad at oceans, but you just did the same thing. And like almost all of the most famous pop songs yeah. are very repetitive. But we 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 slam the church for the same thing. But they're repetitive for a reason. They get in your head. There's a thing. There's a there's something that happens. Well, yeah. There's they something. Take, there's yeah. something deeper than just logic that yeah. you connect with in music. Right. That is why it can bring you to tears, uh, in a way that just hearing right hearing the words it does matter. Written. And I yeah, I should be more guarded about. You know, I used to be way over the top guarded and, sure. and self righteous about the music I listened to, and if somebody else listened to something else, I'd be like, "You listen to that," and I would think they were going to hell or whatever. But yeah, you, like you said, there's a spectrum of that. There's another pendulum swing where you're now you're so you're so open to whatever that you're just like anything can come into my head, and I'm just like, well, I'm trying to be open minded, and you're just listening to trash and ideas that you don't even believe, and you're letting them into your mind, right? And and then you're surprised, and I think that's the thing. It's not a I can't because I do. I mean, I listen to all kinds of things. It's a question of what is good. Yeah. Like not just, okay, this is all, no one do anything bad. I, I think, I think that the, the, the greatest detriment yeah. to discipling, if you want to use that word, to be trying to be a disciple and yeah. grow in discipleship is thinking that it's all the resistance of bad. And more, more times than not, it is the presence and pursuit of something good. So again, yeah. we're not just saying Sadie and she and I had the conversation all the time. Um, you know, she said the other day, you know, so this kid in class said this cuss word, you know, and, and I said, you know, Sadie, honey, when when we said or you said or that kid said this, yeah. it wasn't cussing, but it was tearing down. I, Daddy would almost rather you say the cuss word. <laughs> like, I know it sounds crazy, but right. but I got, I got to break free from that's just that is legalism It is legalism to right. think that our words have that they don't matter. Like us gossiping about the person doing the sin. That's our our pet peeve. Is probably worse. Oh, it is. You know, I mean, we're tearing we're tearing the person down. Well, I mean, there's no there's no scripture that I can think of. It's so funny that you would mention uh, gossip. You know, I read that this morning. It says a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. And then it says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. I know. Like there's a there's a it is the wood to the fire. You know, and and it, it goes on to talk about how. 
it's so difficult to resolve something that could be resolved between two people when everybody on both of their friends' sides are all talking about it. And now one friend's mad at the other. Like it just grows like a fire and and not realizing, look, these are really the things that that words matter. But I think I think to encourage people today, try it. Like there are times in my life where I'm resistant. It's, it's almost like – so we ate, by the way, you can imagine. It was just <laughs> – it's vacation food. Well, and it's park food. So it's corn dogs oh, and pizza yeah. and hamburgers and yeah. all day. And, and I told Sadie, she's not really into salads yet. You know, <laughs> she's so lean though. She's so lanky and lean. Oh, and I have to keep. And she loves ice cream more than I do, which is crazy. And I said, honey, there's going to come a day that you're not going to be able to eat the ice cream, and it's going to it's going to affect you. But right now, have at it. She's know? like, you mean like brain freeze? <laughs> Yay! Um, <laughs> and so she, but. I said, Sadie, I've never come to a place after eating so much junk food that I kind of crave. I kind of wish that there was a salad available, mm-hmm. something something green. But the truth is, when you're when I'm usually eating bad, this yeah. is extreme day in day out. But usually, if I'm going months and months and months, and I'm in a down you know area of health wise, I'm not exercising. The last thing I want to do, like I psych myself out, I just keep ordering the bad food, even though right. it would make me feel better. But I don't want to – I don't know what it is. There's this like, eh, why don't – and I think I think cynical words is kind of like that. Like you come to a place where you go, yeah, I'd like to listen to something positive. I'd, I'd like to to talk about something positive, but I don't want to – I don't want to be that guy. In fact, somebody said that the other day and I, it was some of my friends and we were talking about our, our resistance to just using words like gospel, using words like – Grace and transformation or whatever. Like we just uh, – I don't want to – everything's air quoted and, and, and they said to me, you know, I'm kind of starting to realize why, why am I doing that? Yeah. Like, what is this What is this invisible chasm or wall or whatever that makes me think? And I think I would try it. Like if if, if you feel – if you just feel, be the person that makes it positive. Like if you see somebody gossiping, like be like, yeah, I don't think we should be doing this. I've done that before. Yeah. With friends, like we're saying, and I'll be like, I think this is getting into gossip. Right. And I just kind of put a stop in it. I'm the, Even though I may have been a part of it up to then, I get to the point where I go, this is too far. This is stuff we wouldn't say if that person was here. This is really probably gossip. There's a quote that says, hang on, I'll mess it up. And then somebody will have to fact check me for next week. <laughs> but it says, uh, uh, Average minds discuss events, mediocre minds discuss people, and great minds discuss ideas. And I think there needs to be more idea conversations with friends. Well, we have idea conversations, you and I do. Now, sometimes we're talking about people we're worried about. Oh, can you believe so-and-so's into this? But we don't necessarily get into gossip. We'll go into the idea of why we're concerned. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, they just stop at the person. Uh, and it's like then you start comparing yourself to them, and you're like, well, I know I'm better off than that person. Can you believe? That's the exact wrong thing to do. Yeah. And then, But then like average people just discuss events. The next thing coming up, hey, I'm going to Gulf Shores. Hey, how was Orlando? Right. It was an event. But if you really want to have like a complete conversation and have a deep conversation with somebody and push yourself to be that encouraging person – you got to get into ideas. You got to get into why we do what we do, and so many people stop short of that. They don't. They don't push themselves to that. It's almost yeah. like working out. They don't get on the treadmill 
Because it's so content. It's so much easier just to be like, well, I know I'm doing better than Bob because he cheated on his wife. Can you believe that? What a clown. And then we just feel so elevated. Well, then you, yeah, you vilify the person. You ascribe to them whatever you're – and it's okay to be angry with people. It is okay right. to have things – But end. becoming obsessed with everyone else's choices but your own yep. is not healthy. And I'm trying to really break out of that cycle yep. of like sitting around and worrying myself sick about what other people are doing wrong. Yeah. I I don't know where it came from. I don't know where that that you know probably the how it was raised and you know and but it doesn't matter. I know that it's wrong now and I'm trying to break out of that. I'll tell you the greatest <coughs> excuse me, the greatest challenge I think anybody in in a in a positive way can face in their life is to really today whatever it is you're up because this is it's, it's such a it's a difficult thing. I don't know why. It's so simple. But I find myself, whether it's in your job with your leader, whether it's in your marriage mm-hmm. with your spouse, whether it's even with your children, like think this to yourself. Ask this question. What I am upset with them about that I wish they would do differently, do I do it myself to the same degree that, I'm a, that I wish it from them? Right. And when you, when you really break that down that, and, and remove from them – or remove from yourself what they're doing, like you just said. But like, no, no, no. Yes, my wife, or, or in, in some cases, if you're the wife, the husband, it, they may be doing that thing that I'm upset about. Let's let's ask the question, what I want them to do differently, is it what I am saying? Is it what I am doing? Well, the reason I don't is because they don't. Like, you'll find yourself immediately. Well, that's the fear, too. That's the cynicism that creeps in, the fear that, well, if I changed, but what if they don't change? Now I've wasted my time. right. And you the know. greatest change that happens in life is when the uh, how the, I mean you're modeling, you're creating, and that's the whole by yeah. the way five love languages. That's the premise of the whole right. Book. That's the Tim Keller quote too. I read the other day said the best thing you can do for your marriage is to every day say to yourself the biggest barrier to a healthy marriage is my selfishness. If each partner I, says I saw that, that this week, yeah. if each partner says that to themselves and believes it, yeah. If I can put my selfishness aside, this marriage will be healthier. And if they both did it. Yeah. But we're always afraid if I lay my selfishness aside, I'll just be taken advantage of. I'll be a doormat. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. That's the hard part about giving grace to somebody. You're afraid it won't be it won't be reciprocated. And it might not be. And right. that, you know, that that's the hard part, but that is the essence of the gospel. If you want to save your life, if which saving, okay, if if it's the same word, I have to look it up in that scripture. But salvation is sozo in the Greek, sorry. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just mean to save. It means to rescue or to heal or to redeem. There's all these other – there's this whole other depth of what right. – we just think, well, save. I'm going to heaven. Like, no, there's a restoration of life even here. Yes, heaven's a huge deal. I'm not downplaying it. It's the, it's the the ultimate you know, completion of that. But there is a redemption and a resurrection of a life that's happening and has already happened and is continuing to happen right now. Yeah. And – if I want to save, if I want to heal, if I want to grow, if I want to be rescued, if I want to be different, then I have to lose something. You know, if you if you want to save your life, you got to lose it. If you want to lose your life, you know, it, it, then then keep trying to save it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think there's that there's that whole. It just sounds like this double talk, sort of like proverbial religious. When you doubt your powers, John, you give power you to, give your, power doubt, to right? your doubts. But it's so. It's so true. Well, it's true, and that's that. It's one of those things too about Christianity, where I mean, I've gone through different phases in my life of doubt and belief, and but the one thing that rings true about Christianity is it does fly in the face of of common sense that 
it, but it always rings true when you when you're around it that uh, sacrifice is what the gospel is, yeah. and it goes against this idea of being self-made and figuring out how to elevate yourself above others and just being the best at something. Which is we all wake up knowing we're somewhere on that ladder, yeah. and I got to get ahead of this guy. And the gospel just says, "No, stop. You yep. can't. This will be, and you'll you'll be on that ladder forever if you do this." And so there's something about that that's different that I've always been kind of amazed by. And that when we just stop and we go, what about other people? Yeah. And then that's when your life really begins to change, you know. Um, which is make it about them. Which is so great. It's the essence of what Jesus himself did. I'm going to make my life to the point of death about other people. People who don't want me, people who reject me, some who will respond and many who will not. And it's still worth it. Yeah. You know, and that's that we skip over the scriptures so much. The humility that was in Jesus that is in Jesus, the that he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, which means a slave coming in likeness of man and laying down his life. I mean, there's that. Like I think about how how hard it is for me mm-hmm. to to lay down my selfishness every day for my wife, who is not my equal, but in my opinion is a much better person than I am. <laughs> you know, this is you saying that as a humble person. No, no, no. I mean, I'm kidding, John. But I think about Jesus. He did that for those who would ridicule, kill, and destroy him. And, when, and, and for us who are selfish and for so many days in lives yeah. won't, won't respond to it. Right. So, yes, that's why the Bible says it's how many people would live in their life for someone who's better or noble. But who would do it for yeah. someone who is ungrateful and, yeah, and may I've, not respond? I wonder where the pendulum's going because I feel like we're going so far to the self side uh, and the paranoia of being taken advantage of and don't – whatever you do, don't railroad me. Don't trap me. Don't – I wonder if we're getting ready to swing back towards kindness and towards like people are going to see the emptiness of that, uh, of yeah. what, of the life that they're living. I'm hoping, but, and for me, I'm looking at it, I'm going, okay, if this is what it's about, yeah, it's a, it, it, there's changes that need to be made in how I address people, how I speak about other people and how I confront ideas because yeah, it's, um, it's just part of growing, I guess. It is I think a, a simple takeaways, you know, try, Try to let positive words, positive message come into your life. I mean, it, don't be surprised if you feel negative and all you have is negative things. It may not be the the, the, the chief cause, but it certainly is a contributor. And, and you know, listening to a positive song or a positive message is not going to also suddenly – I mean, we believe – we know what changes your life and that, you know, but, but – you are affecting the state of your soul, you know. And Johnny, yeah. this podcast is a great place to start. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I read this great uh, quote the other day, uh, and it was somebody that said, uh, "Nobody ever talks about the miracle of Jesus having twelve friends in his 30s. I think that. <laughs> all that, yeah, that is, that's a good point. I mean, it didn't work out for all twelve, but oh my goodness, that's true. Well, we all have a guy. If you have twelve cl- close friends in your thirties, one of them is probably going to betray. You. That's the message. <laughs> right. that. That's not going to work out. That's great. That's great. Well, hey man, it was good to catch up with you. I hope you have a great because you're going away. I'm going away to Gulf Shores, yeah. scenic what Alabama. You, when do you get home? Uh, Thursday, and I'm going on the road, but I'm going right on the road, I'm oh. like jumping in a car with John Christ. John Chris for two shows in uh, beautiful sunny Arkansas. That'll be fun. 
with John Christ sold out already. So I've not been promoting him on my website because that's how it is when you're doing John Christ shows because he's the big hot thing. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. I mean, he's blowing it up right now. You just called John Christ hot. He's the big hot thing. Well, I mean, hot meaning like he's right, so whatever. hot right now. He, I'm sure he is hot to the ladies too. He's got the big tall hair. Must be nice uh, to have big tall hair. I know. Uh, or you, hair at all. Or hair at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, no, but yes, yeah, so I'm going out on him with with him, and uh, and then uh, I've got a show in scenic Grovetown, Georgia, oh. for myself. So I'll drive to Grovetown. I invited you to come along, but you said no. It's a town of groves. It's a town of groves, wow. and it's a long way away. It's uh, it's towards Augusta. Oh, Georgia has some interesting uh, city names. Hmm. Augusta, but anyway, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm busy weekend, but the whole week I'm gone. So I don't know when we'll do another podcast, but uh, this has been fun, and thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> see you on the <laughs> It sounds like this is it. See you on the flip-flop. This is episode 30. John, if I don't see you again. Episode 30, by the way. Yeah. Well, there's no thing for that. We're middle-aged. Tin or, or copper. What is we're middle-aged. We're, uh, we're right there. We're starting to – our podcast is starting to get a gut. <laughs> and we're slowing down a little bit. Slowing down a little bit. They have it's like a little checking longer. out, checking out mowers, like brand new. <laughs> we're getting excited about weed eaters. It's excited about its easy chair. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's fine. Well, hey, thanks for listening. As always, share and uh, and we appreciate every week those of you who listen. And, uh, and thanks for all the comments that we get as well. And and hey, say something positive to somebody today, and maybe share this. It might be helpful. Say so, so put down a positive review on iTunes. There you for go. Us. Yeah. Uh, Even hey. though you want to say something cynical, don't do it. <laughs> These guys are just okay. Just kidding. They're amazing. Something like that. So, That's weird. Hey. I don't like that character. <laughs> Sorry, I was in Simpsons last my crusty the clown. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. We'll see you next time, Molly. Talk to you later. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.